0: Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. But for how long is the question? It's been a busy schedule. I've had a very, very, very busy, busy work schedule. And I have not been getting to do this. But my God, does it feel good to be back. At least for today. (laughs) As always, we are going to go ahead and talk about some interesting topics that I find interesting. And hopefully you do too. So with that being said, enjoy the episode. Alright, let's do some talking. It's been quite a while. Welcome to the Sports Ball Podcast. I am your host, Kyle, and of course, it's been quite a long time indeed. I have missed everybody, every single person. This has been something that I have been wanting to do for a few months now, and unfortunately my schedule would not allow me to do so, but... I am back, at least for the time being, and I have some stuff I want to get off my chest. And the first thing that I want to do is talk about my Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears. Where do I even begin with the Chicago Bears? Well, let's start here. It's just not our year this year. (laughs) Let's be honest. When is it our year? When is our year? I've gone ahead and I've been saying that it's going to be our year since what? 2007, 2008, when whenever the year was that they went to the Super Bowl, I believe it was the 2006-2007 season. But with that said, what do we do moving forward? The Bears currently sitting at a 3 and 9 record, more than likely will be 3 and 10 when this week is over. They play the Green Bay Packers. What ends up happening? with the Chicago Bears moving forward. Here is my input. First things first, you don't play Justin Fields. Justin Fields is having his best season as a Chicago Bear, and if I'm being honest with you, we probably have found our quarterback in Justin Fields. I do not believe that the Chicago Bears should make a foolish mistake as playing Justin Fields in this game. I think that you need to rest him for the rest of the season. He's gotten his experience. He's going to go ahead and learn from this, and he's just going to keep moving forward from there. Now, what I think you should go ahead and do is try your backup. See how Trevor Simeon plays. Although, if you're playing against the Jets, it didn't look any good, right? He didn't look good at all against the Jets. Looked absolutely terrible. As a matter of fact, I mean, Trevor Simeon's a backup for a reason. Why not try Nathan Peterman? and See what he can do. Yeah, whatever. As we could say, you know, around here. Ah, there's always next year. Yeah, well, next year's getting a little dicey. But here's what I want from the Chicago Bears. First of all, I want them to lose out entirely. That's what I want. I want that number one or number two draft pick because there are a few people already that I have in mind for the draft, right? There are a few people already. First of all, that uh, Fashanu kid from Penn State, he's an offensive tackle. Uh, I believe he is a junior this year. He is somebody that is um, out of this freaking world, right? He, he is currently graded number eight. As far as the draft board, last time I looked, he was graded at number 8. The Bears need an offensive tackle, and they need to go ahead and start building that offensive line. Justin Fields is one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the NFL. And on top of that, he's one of the most pressured guys in the NFL. Um, Thank God that he's got great legs, otherwise he wouldn't go ahead and uh, be able to escape, right? So that's one guy. The second guy that I would like to go ahead and see them snag is that Peter Skoronsky Skoronsky kid, Um, he's out of Northwestern. He's an offensive tackle as well. He is a junior also. Now, he's graded number 18 overall for for the draft, at least according to Pro Football Focus. He's graded number 18. And, you know, if you watch a little bit of Northwestern, there are a few bright spots uh, in those games. And currently, I think that... uh, the best one would be Peter uh, Skowronski as far as a tackle. Think about it. Northwestern, I mean, hey, he's pretty close to home. So if you go ahead and draft the kid, see what he can do. Hopefully we go ahead and build him. Um, we can go ahead and see what we got there. Now the other guy who I actually think that they would take if they were to stay at this number two spot is the Will Anderson Jr. uh Kid out of Alabama, edge rusher, right, junior. Um, this kid, he's he's something. They they are missing a presence on defense. Now, you could go ahead and say that Roquan Smith was that presence, and I think that you would be right in a certain degree. But I believe that what they need is a competent pass rusher. Khalil Mack was good for that year in 2018. He was very good, got doubled up in 2019, kind of lost his step a little bit in 2020, and then really was never the same. Injuries kind of racked him, and he never really looked good. So smart on the Bears for going ahead and getting rid of that contract, I believe. Going ahead and giving him off to the Chargers was a good move. Same with Roquan Smith. I love Roquan Smith. I think he is a dynamite talent, and if I'm being honest with you, he, in my opinion, could have been the next Brian Urlacher or the next Lance Briggs, You know, along those lines of of talent. But at the end of the day, the thing is is that Roquan Smith wanted money. And he wanted to be paid very, very high. Chicago's not gonna do that. You have to get out from under that. So the Ravens go ahead and take him. But when the free agency market hits, who's gonna go after Roquan Smith? Now, personally, I like this Jack Sanborn kid that we have in Chicago. Um, since the trade, actually, Roquan Smith has had um, you know, twenty plus tackles, this Sanborn kid has had 44-plus. Um, he's just continues to improve and continues to impress me, and was one of the few bright spots coming into preseason. But, you know, I think that overall Chicago, let, let's be honest, it's a lost cause. There's no way. First of all, you're definitely not catching Minnesota. You're already mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. Green Bay is probably going to be eliminated from the playoffs uh, soon, Detroit still has life, which amazes me entirely, um, which just goes to show the um, toughness of our division. You know, it, it kind of baffles my mind a little bit because I honestly look at this and I say, you know, there's no freaking way that <laughs> that this should even be a thing, and yet here we are. So, I think that Chicago sits Justin Fields the rest of the season, at least they should. Um, I think that Matt Eberflus goes ahead and will probably draft a defensive lineman, um, Probably a defensive edge rusher Hopefully that Will Anderson Jr. Because let's be honest As much as I would like a wide receiver This is a very quarterback heavy draft It's a very offensive heavy draft um, For that reason I think that you can go ahead And get guys such as wide receivers In the second, third, maybe fourth round And I think that with that You'll be able to start developing Toward a brighter future And uh, you know Like I said There's always next year Title town, the Green Bay Packers, Lambeau Field, all of it historic, and of course, what else does Green Bay have? Really darn good quarterbacks. Take, for example, Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, Bart Starr. Hell, I mean, Green Bay has been an extremely successful, successful quarterback room since they've gone ahead and drafted Brett Favre, or not drafted, traded for Brett Favre, and then going ahead and getting Aaron Rodgers to the draft as well. And let's just be honest, you know, Green Bay has run that division. They have absolutely torched any and everybody in that division. Nine times out of ten, when you look at the NFC North, you go ahead and you say, they, they are the guys who are going to wreck shop, wreak havoc, however you want to put it. I I I must admit. Green Bay has beaten down teams left and right. I mean, look at that run in 2010, a magical run coming in to the playoffs as a wild card team, going all the way through the NFC, making it to the Super Bowl against the Pittsburgh Steelers, winning at Aaron Rodgers' first Super Bowl title. 2011. You go ahead, you get back to the playoffs. 15-1 and record. Number one seed in the playoffs. You go ahead. You face the Giants at home and lose. Okay, that's no big deal. No big deal, Aaron. It's no problem. Throughout the course of his career, he has shown and established that he was one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, winning four MVPs making it to the NFC Conference Championship four times. And what did it get him? Hmm. Here's my thing. I have nothing but, I, it sounds like I'm bashing on Aaron, and I kind of am because that's the Bears fan in me. But I have nothing, nothing but respect for Aaron Rodgers. He is one of the greatest quarterbacks I have ever witnessed in my life. He is one of the greatest throwers of the football I have ever seen in my life. I can't say he's the greatest football player in my lifetime. That title belongs to Tom Brady. But to go ahead and put on a clinic against team after team after team after team, touchdown to interception ratios, going ahead and torching Chicago year after year, taking control of the division. It just, it's, it's unreal. But then we look at this year. Something's different. Something's odd about Green Bay. Just isn't right. Currently, currently sitting at 4-9. and nine. When was their last big win? Against the Dallas freaking Cowboys. Out of all the teams, the Dallas Cowboys took them overtime to do it. But they did it. Aaron Rodgers beat Dallas again. And then what did they do? Turn around and lose. Something's off with Green Bay. And it's not like that. Aaron Rodgers doesn't have weapons. Joshua Dobbs is starting to come into his own. Christian Watson coming to his own. Now, granted, injuries do, do take a toll on you. But you still have one of the most explosive backs in the NFL in Aaron Jones. And two emerging stars in Joshua Dobbs and Christian Watson. So what's the problem? Aaron just doesn't look right. He's going ahead and he's playing the game of football. Like he... Like like he just doesn't care. And that's what surprises me. He's playing the game of football. Like he doesn't care. What's frustrating is that this is the guy... I know for multiple years on end that has torched me to no end. And he just, eh, no, he's he's all right. He's all right. Nothing crazy. He's okay. He's okay. Now you go ahead and you look at his quarterback rating, right? His QBR, 92.9. Not bad. Not bad for a quarterback. But look at the games that he's had. Here are the games where Aaron Rodgers was over 200 yards. And it it is a nice list. Chicago, that's a given. 234. Tampa Bay, 255. New York, 222. New England, 251. 246 against the Jets. 203 against the Bills. Almost 300 yards against Detroit. 224 against Dallas. 227 against Tennessee. Here's the problem. Those are low numbers for Aaron Rodgers. Low. On top of that, let's look at some of the games where he had his worst performance. Philadelphia. He threw two touchdowns, sure. But 140 yards and two interceptions? That's not Aaron Rodgers. Detroit. That same game in Detroit. Went ahead and played him. Guess what happened? He threw for 291 yards, sure. But had a touchdown and three interceptions. On top of that, here's another one. Against Washington. 194 yards. Two touchdowns, sure. But Washington looked like they could manhandle him. First of all, I'm not necessarily disappointed with Green Bay's offense. I'm disappointed with their defense more than anything, but Aaron Rodgers hasn't been playing like Aaron Rodgers does. And people are going to go ahead and tell me that they don't have the weapons to go ahead and do it. I named two all-star receivers, that what what will eventually be all-star receivers, I believe, an all-star running back. Your offensive line's not terrible, Oh, your offensive line is a top ten in the NFL. Your defense is garbage, hot garbage. I didn't think Cedarius Smith was gonna rough was gonna be that, you know, difficult of a loss, that big of a loss. I mean, you do go ahead and lose a starting corner. But what do you do? What do you do moving forward? Here's my thing, Aaron. The season is essentially a loss cause. There's no way we climb back. Sit down. Let Jordan Love play. Let him play. You want to know why I say let Jordan Love play? Jordan Love. In his one game. His one game against the or against the Pittsburgh Steelers, against the uh, the Eagles. You understand that it was a loss. Granted, it was a loss. But he got in there, drove him right down the field, threw a touchdown. 6 of 9, 113 yards, no picks. Let's go ahead and look back at when Jordan Love played the Chiefs. When Jordan Love ended up playing the Chiefs back when. He was terrible. He was absolutely terrible. I mean you go ahead and you look at that game and he just eh. You know it was it was hard. It was it was honestly hard to watch him to watch him play. He looked absolutely terrible against him, threw two interceptions, didn't throw a touchdown. He just looked like he was panicked. But now I go ahead and I see Jordan Love. I see him now. And you wanna know what my first thought was? When I saw Jordan Love play against the Eagles. Son of a gun. Because what I saw was the makings of somebody big. There's one thing that Green Bay is good for, for some reason. And it's development of quarterbacks. You had Brett Favre. Brett Favre leaves, you're like, oh, son of a gun, we got this Aaron Rodgers kid. Aaron Rodgers goes out there, starts kicking behinds, taking names, and you're like, oh, we're fine. We are fine. We are okay. By far, if you can leave, you do not need to come back. We draft this Jordan Love kid, and now you're like, oh, did we really need, we could have got a receiver, could have got this, could have got that. And I will admit, the first time we saw him play, I was like, oh, man, this is your future? Oh, boy, the division's finally going to be equal again. Uh. No. No. I do think Jordan Love has the makings of a good quarterback. Hell, maybe even a great quarterback. But I guess time will tell, and the only way we're going to find out is if we let him play. We got to see. We have to see. I think that Green Bay, moving forward, let him let him play. Let him play a sorry Chicago defense, and then I guarantee you he'll go ahead and he'll light the da- he'll light the Bears up. I think, defensively, he'll light them up. But the only way you're going to know what you have, if anything, if you decide to keep Aaron Rodgers, you go ahead and you. Let's say you want to keep Aaron Rodgers. You sit him for the sideline here. You go ahead and Jordan Love plays those few games. Let's say Jordan Love plays outstanding, throws for like 300 yards in each game. You know what you do? Hey, who wants him? Give us a third or second round draft pick and we will give him to you. Give him to you. If you're looking for a quarterback, just saying, there's options out there. Now, let me propose something to you for all of of those that are like, get Aaron out of here. Get him out. We don't need him. Don't need him. Let me throw something at you. Let's say, for example, Green Bay's like, Aaron, we're going to trade you. He says, okay, fine. Tell me where I'm going to go. Imagine Green Bay picking up the phone, calling the Las Vegas Raiders, and saying, hey, we got to trade for you. You take Aaron, and we will take Derek Carr for a first and second round draft pick in Derek Carr. What do you think? Do you think that the Raiders go ahead and say, yeah, absolutely. He's already got a rapport with with Devontae Adams. He would have an elite tight end as opposed to what he had in Green Bay. Josh Jacobs is starting to come into his own as a running back. Their defense isn't terrible. Let's see. I'm just curious what happens. That's all. Stuff like this is what gets my mind rolling and honestly, hope it gets yours rolling too. Quick thing. New York Jets. I know we wouldn't we would never ever talk about the New York Jets normally. Never. Never ever 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 ever. But I gotta I, I have some things with this, right? So let's let's look at this. I'm I'm gonna make this this one's gonna be short and sweet. Short, sweet, to the point, simple, all that stuff, right? The Jets. The freaking New York Jets. Third in the AFC East right now. Who could have saw that coming? But who could have saw coming seven and four? Now, it's amazing, right? It's amazing because the Jets have a top-five defense in the league. Their offense, still a little more to be desired, but it's good. It's a good defense. So what happens when you take a top-five defense, take the weapons that you have on offense, go ahead and thrust in a second-year quarterback out of BYU? What happens? You go ahead and you throw him into a situation, and he is... Playing okay football, not anything crazy. But then he goes to New England. Loses a 3-10 to game. Goes ahead and throws for, what, 70 yards? Throws a, throws a pick, two. What do you do? You ask him, hey, Zach Wilson, what's going on? What is wrong? I... Do you feel like you need some accountability for how you ended up playing today? No. No. After the loss against the New England Patriots, they asked Zach Wilson if he felt like he was responsible for part of the team's loss. No. No. It amazes me. It does. I've always been taught as a, at a young age, That if you mess up, you need to take accountability for your actions. What was the one thing that Zach Wilson did? Acted like a spoiled little brat. By going ahead and saying, no, I am perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. It's frustrating. Because it's like, hmm. Well. If. If you are fine, uh, why didn't you play better? Granted, younger quarterbacks have a hard time playing against Bill Belichick, but I'm just saying my Chicago Bears went ahead and went up there and gashed them with the run game, and my quarterback played absolutely beautifully. So what was Zach Wilson's excuse? We all said that Zach Wilson was going to probably be the weakest in the draft when he came out with Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, which... Hey, Trey Lance and Zach Wilson may be tied right now. But it just amazes me. You have the gall, the balls even, to go ahead and go out there and say, no, I am perfectly fine. I did nothing wrong. Pardon me, but I am going to say this, and I am sorry if it offends any of you, but that is a rich kid mentality who is handed everything in life. I am not wrong. You are wrong. I did nothing wrong. My mommy and daddy say I'm perfect. Really? Hmm. Well, Good for you. Proud of you. But here's the problem. You're in the big boy leagues. You need to be an adult. Stop being a little kid. Stuff happens. So what did they end up doing? Robert Salas said, you know what? We're starting the other kid. That that white kid. Okay. Cool. Mike White, I believe his name is. I believe that's what his name is. Mike White went ahead and played Lights Out football. Lights Out football. He was arguably one of the best Players that I had ever seen against the Chicago Bears. Well, I wouldn't say ever seen one of (laughs) them, one of the best quarterbacks or quarterbacks that I had seen, you know, this year. I mean, look, let's let's look at this for a second, right? Granted, granted, he went ahead and played against a sorry Chicago Bears defense, sorry Chicago Bears defense. But he still threw for over 400 yards. Three touchdowns. You mean to tell me that this kid, personally, in one game that I see against him, or with him and against the Bears, the one game I see of his, you want to know what my first thought was? He's better than Zach Wilson is. How upsetting is that if you're a Jets fan? Number two pick in the draft, Zach Wilson. All that time and investment. And what do you got? A kid that's sulking on the bench because daddy told him he had to sit down and be on a timeout. Now, their offensive coordinator did go ahead and say that he's taking it like a man and he's working on what he needs to to go ahead and get better awesome. But Zach, you're not the guy. You're not. It's bottom line, I like this Mike White kid. I think he's very good. We only have a small sample size. He only played six games. He's got a two and four record. But still, I like what I see out of him. He plays hard. He's got heart. Team leader. The Jets instantly had a different feel to them when he was playing the game. So what do you say? The Zach Wilson kid, he's, he, he just needs to be rebuilt from the ground up. I mean, literally, you have to take him and go ahead and make him a completely different individual. Give him some responsibility. Work on everything that he thought he knew. Literally take him and act like he has never played quarterback from before and rebuild him entirely. That's what I think you got to do. If Zach Wilson has any hope in this league, he's got to learn to take some responsibility for his actions. Otherwise, he's going to end up like Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray's going ahead and doing some things with the Arizona Cardinals. But I guess we'll see. Zach Wilson, good luck to you, sir. And hopefully, you have a successful career. College football! It's an amazing time of year. Especially when we get closer to the playoffs. I love college football at the time. This week is going to be the championship games of each conference. And honestly, I could not be more excited. So with that out of the way of the excitement level, let's go ahead and talk about the top four teams that are currently slated. Where if the season were to end today, these are the teams... That are playing in the playoffs. Right? So, number one, currently, is Georgia. Number two, as it stands, is Michigan. Number three, the TCU Horned Frogs. And number four, surprising everybody, are the USC Trojans. Now... If you had to ask me to pick, I would love nothing more than to have the USC Trojans win. And you're going to go ahead and some of you are going to say, and I know who you some are, Kyle, why? Did you not see what Lincoln Riley did to Oklahoma? Why could you have a guy like that win the national title? Are you kidding me? Yes, he got the most transfers in the transfer portal. Yes, he has arguably the best quarterback in college right now in Caleb Williams. Yes, he has some of the best offensive weapons. But to take a program in one year and bring them into the top four in all of college football, I would say is pretty impressive. If I'm looking at every single team in the top four right now, they are going to win their respective conferences, and they are going to be the teams that would be entering into the playoffs, and they would be the teams that would face each other. So obviously, Georgia would play USC, and Michigan would play TCU. Now, out of that grouping, you would probably say it would be a rematch between Georgia and Michigan from last year. But what if... What if... USC ends up going ahead and winning that Darn game. We've seen Georgia struggle three different times this year against you know against much lesser talent. Or Georgia, yes, they've struggled against much lesser talent. So what if USC goes ahead and is the lucky one? What if they go ahead and make it through? Could you imagine Jim Harbaugh and Lincoln Riley? Who wins that game? You're gonna be happy regardless! Well, correction, everybody would be happy regardless, except for the University of Oklahoma and their fans. Honestly, here's the thing. My sister went to the University of Oklahoma. I understood where Lincoln Riley was coming from when he decided to leave. I get it. It's a business. You have to go ahead and leave early because college recruiting is what's screwing you over. And that is the reason why you have to leave early because you have to get the recruiting process started. Same with Chip Kelly, same with Brian Kelly. I am not knocking Lincoln Riley, I'm knocking the system. So could you imagine how mad everybody would be if Lincoln Riley, his first year in USC, goes off and wins a national championship. Could you imagine how sweet it would be, hear me out, how sweet it would be for Lincoln Riley to face somehow the TCU Horned Frogs, a team that he has beaten and lost to in his college coaching career. Could you imagine Lincoln Riley going ahead and beating The TCU Horned Frogs, that would be icing on the cake. Why? Because it would be the Big 12 that would go ahead and suffer the loss. Not just TCU, but the Big 12 as a whole. And it would be a way of Lincoln Riley saying, you know what? I did this. I did this. All I needed was a move. And you guys didn't believe in me. Because if you ask me, Lincoln Riley is one of the best offensive minds in college football as we speak. And if he wins a national title this year, his first year, I guarantee you he would look back and say what he did was entirely worth it. Let's take a look at something that I have not done in a long time. I am going to read you my list of the top NFL teams in the league this year. And to be entirely honest with you, I missed this list. So let's go ahead, and start it off from 1 to number 10. Actually, from 10 to 1, we're going to switch it. Now, number 10, surprise, surprise, it is the New York Jets. I am impressed, very much so, with how Mike White has taken this team. And I guarantee you, in one game... Everyone's going to go ahead and be like, well, he didn't really do much. Didn't do much. It was a Bears defense. Watch this man go ahead and make them some form of playoff competitor. Because right now what I see, I see the potential number two spot in the division. And I see the potential playoff spot for them as well. Now, you go ahead and you run down how they are. Top five defense in the league. Offense somewhere in the middle. But at the end of the day, sometimes if you have a top-five defense, your defense can carry you. A quarterback can carry you as well to a magical season. We've seen that before. We saw it last year with Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. Number nine, the Tennessee Titans. They currently lead in their division as well. God, the, the Titans are legit, man. They, they are. I mean, you always have, you're always legit when you have Derrick Henry. But the thing is, is that I thought they were going to be kind of a lost cause without A.J. Brown. Turns out, they're perfectly fine. Now, granted, their division is a little eh, it's okay, but you know what? Ryan Tannehill's still playing well. Derrick Henry's playing well. Their defense under Mike Brable is one of the best defenses in the NFL. You are always going to have an issue when you are playing the Tennessee Titans. And if you want to ask anybody, ask the Cincinnati Bengals because that was a hard-fought game last week. Number 8 are the team that beat the Tennessee Titans, the Cincinnati Bengals. Look, Joe Burrow, what can I say? The guy is amazing. If you were to ask me right now to rank my quarterbacks, my top five quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, um, let's see, probably in this season, Jalen Hurts, and maybe Tua Tagovailoa, but I would still go ahead and keep Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, those guys up there for this sake. But if we're talking about coming-of-age quarterbacks, those that are going to lead down the line, Lamar Jackson and Tua could probably be switched. But there's no doubt in my mind that, oh, Justin Herbert. I forgot about him. There are a lot of good quarterbacks. It amazes me with Joe Burrow. And think about this. They are winning without Jamar Chase. Joe Burrow is a freaking gunslinger, man. He is one of the best quarterbacks I have seen in a long time. And I cannot wait to see what he does moving forward. Number seven. The Minnesota Vikings, hear me out Hear me out. before everybody starts getting all up in arms. They got exposed. They did against Dallas. They were gashed rushing the football. They have a glaring run defense weakness. But here's the thing. Think about this. When they went ahead and played a competent defense, they struggled. They struggled very hard. When they play a mid-defense, they do well. They do very well. That's the thing. They have a powerful running attack and Dalvin Cook. Still, they still have Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Justin Jefferson easily being one of the best receivers in the league. And Kirk Cousins is actually playing very well this year, considering he is Kirk Cousins. Their defense is also one of the top ten defenses in the league. I give them a lot of credit, but the problem is, is that their pass defense, well, their top five defense or top ten defense in rushing, but their pass defense is thirty second. In pass defense. So you can go ahead and have them. I think the Vikings did get exposed. That's why they're so low on the list. Number six, the surging San Francisco 49ers. I don't know what it is about Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm telling you, he runs that team so well, it is not even funny. Jimmy Garoppolo is probably one of my favorite players on the 49ers. He is a stud, he is a leader, and I'm telling you right now, he can lead this team to a Super Bowl with the amount of talent that he has he's done it once already let's see if he can do it again and I think that it is a strong possibility if I'm being honest they are my pick to come out of the um NFC now number five the Miami Dolphins let's be honest Tua has been playing very well Tua has been playing exceptionally well but here's the question is that Tua Tug of Iloa or is that the offensive weapons he has and that defense that's carrying him? I think that what this is is that you are seeing what Tua was in college. He had all those weapons around him. Tyreek is playing out of his mind. Uh, Jalen Waddle's playing out of his mind. He's got a good rushing attack. I think that you're seeing the Alabama Tua start to come through in college or in the NFL. And I think that that's not a bad thing necessarily. I just believe that Tua... Is a he's a good quarterback, and I think the only place for him to go is up, but I think that we're just gonna have to see. Number four, I have Buffalo. I understand that Buffalo has struggled with some opponents. I mean, they struggled against the Lions even, but here's my thing with the Lions. They've played considerably well. For crying out loud, they're still in the hunt for a playoff spot. So I mean, who's to say? Who is to say? That the Buffalo Bills don't make it back to an NFC champ or to an AFC championship game, I think it's possible. I think that you know we're seeing Josh Allen and uh, Patrick Mahomes as like the next Brady Manning, but I could also make that argument for Mahomes and Burrow. That that's the next Brady Manning. I don't know with the defense, with the injury to Von Miller. And then, you know, their, their defense starting to lacklust, be a little lackluster lately. They still don't have a good rushing attack. They, still have, they have a great passing attack. But their rushing attack leaves me to be desired a little bit. And I think that's what's kind of holding them back. Number three. I can't believe I'm saying this. The Dallas Cowboys. Dallas is good. Let's just be, let's be clear. Dallas is great. On defense. <laughs> their offense is getting there. They are getting there. If they bring in Odell Beckham Jr., like the reports are saying, hey, who knows? We're going to have to see what ends up happening moving forward. But I think that personally, if you look at this Cowboys team, their defense is definitely Super Bowl ready. Their offense still needs to be desired. Dak Prescott is an average quarterback. Now you can get to the Super Bowl with an average quarterback and a stout defense. For crying out loud, look at the 2000 Ravens. Look at the 85 Chicago Bears. Now, granted, they had one of the best running attacks in the game at the time, but the 2000 Ravens, name name three great offensive weapons on that team. Shannon Sharp? <laughs> uh, I'm not going to say Trent Dofer. He was not that great of a quarterback. He was average. The thing is, is that at the end of the day, I think that the Cowboys are indeed Super Bowl contenders, but I don't think they win the thing. Number two. This one was kind of difficult, but I think I have it right. Number two are the Philadelphia Eagles. Look, Jalen Hurts has been playing extremely well. You can see the progression from Jalen Hurts. They have a really good running attack with Boston Scott and Jalen Hurts. They have a very good passing attack. Look at their weapons. They they have A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith... I mean, they have amazing. What is it, Dallas Goddard? I think that's his name. They they went ahead and they have just this insane weaponry. So much so that they're number one on offense according to Pro Football Focus and number one on defense according to Pro Football Focus. They lead the league in turnover differential. What is there not to like? This entire team. This this is my this was my pick for a Super Bowl this year other than the 49ers, but I think that they were to play each other, the 49ers would beat them. I'm just saying, this is insanity. At this point in time, if we were to go ahead and end the season right now, do you understand that the Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, and Washington Commanders all would be in the playoffs? The entire NFC East would be in the playoffs. That's crazy in and of itself. Number one, in case you haven't guessed it by now, it's the Chiefs. The Chiefs are the best team in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes, we all wondered how he was going to play without Tyreek Hill. Well, guess what? He leads the league in passing yards. He leads the league in touchdowns. He leads the league in turnover differential. He goes ahead and he leads the league in yards per play. What, What can you do? What can you do against this guy? Their defense is good. Very good, in fact. Top five defense in the NFL. Top five offense as well. The Chiefs are a dynasty. Let's be let's be clear. They are a dynasty, and they will be making Super Bowl appearances quite often. But I think that if you were to ask me, this is the team that will make it to the Super Bowl and will more than likely win the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes is starting to become the face of the league. That is what he's becoming is the face of the league. I do not think that you really can go ahead and look at this NFL dynamic and not see that the Chiefs are the favorite to win. Personally... I just think that if you were to ask me, the Chiefs are the best team in the NFL, followed by the Eagles, I think it would be a great Super Bowl matchup, two very mobile quarterbacks, two great weapons, two great defenses. That Super Bowl would be lights out and a very good one. But I think that at the end of the day, if you were to put those two teams together, you would see the Kansas City Chiefs edge out the Philadelphia Eagles. I love wrestling. I really do. You see, the thing is, is that I have yet to talk about wrestling to anyone other than the woman in my life. Or anyone that'll hear me talk about wrestling. Really. I have a coworker at work that really likes it. I love talking wrestling. It's so much fun. Can't wait. Can't wait for the Royal Rumble coming on January 28th. Can't wait to see... Cody Rhodes win the Royal Rumble and Rhea Ripley win the women's. Can't wait to see Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns go one-on-one in a squared circle. Can't wait to see Ronda Rousey and... Actually, no, I'm not. I'm not ready to see Ronda Rousey. Let me break something down for you. In the wrestling world, it's always fun to have celebrities. Celebrity cameos, anything like that. It always makes things fun. Then there are some that go ahead and come in with the intention to just go ahead and have an easy, an easy gig, easy money. You know, you got to go ahead and work for it a little bit. And then it just is one of those things that, you know, it's just a nice paycheck at the end of the day. Because your name in another sport was just so well known and so awesome that you could make it in anything. Ronda Rousey is not that. Ronda Rousey is currently the SmackDown Women's Champion. And currently, Ronda Rousey is without a freaking doubt the worst WWE SmackDown Women's Champion I have ever witnessed in my life. She is one of the worst champions I have ever witnessed, period, in my life. She's unbearable to watch. She is so frustrating. She cannot cut a promo she cannot go ahead and you know make anybody in the ring look good she doesn't sell well and to those of you that say what is selling selling is basically if you hit me i react if you fake punch me i react like you fake punch me if you go ahead and decide to do a flip and land on top of me i have to sell like you just popped me really good ronda rousey doesn't do any of that it's frustrating For a consumer standpoint and a fan standpoint, it is so ungodly frustrating. For the record, Ronda Rousey, Ronda Rousey, she had an appearance, an appearance at WrestleMania 31. She went ahead; she was there. The Rock brought her into the ring. Had this little thing with Stephanie McMahon. Awesome. WrestleMania 34. Ronda Rousey makes her debut into WWE, goes ahead and has a match with Kurt Angle, Stephanie McMahon, and Triple H at WrestleMania 34. Do you want to know something? Do you want to know what's funny? That's the only match of hers I remember. Is her WrestleMania 34 match. Do you want to know what WrestleMania we're on right now? 39 that's the next one so in five years ronda rousey has not been memorable for five years ronda rousey has been irrelevant for five years ronda rousey has been a cancer to the wwe locker room it's frustrating from a consumer standpoint she is easily without a doubt the worst thing since sliced bread Not the best thing, the worst thing. This is how I would go ahead and do this. Okay, listen to me. This is how I would do it. All right, Charlotte Flair. I know we're steering off. Charlotte Flair went ahead and teased on her Instagram story, a pair of boots signifying that she's coming back to the squared circle. So what do you do here? Charlotte Flair comes walking up, says, you know what? I challenge you to a wrestling match at Royal Rumble. So do you know what happens or what should happen, I think? Because right now, the plan is Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch, which, by the way, is three years removed from their feud. What you should do is you should go ahead and have Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey go one-on-one, have Charlotte squash Ronda, squasher, and then you should go ahead and have Charlotte be the champion, and then have Charlotte Flair and freaking Becky Lynch be one of the main attractions at WrestleMania, because I'm going to tell you this right now. Any card that Ronda Rousey is on is instantly a little bit worse. You want to know what the worst part of all that is? She's a freaking champion. It's difficult to watch this woman who is here to collect a freaking paycheck wrestle in a ring. It is hard. It is difficult. It is one of the most... It's one of the hardest things I've ever had to do in my life. Is to sit here, watch her, and rate her On her match performance. The last time she was involved in a big match was, in my opinion, WrestleMania 35, when the women main evented. Main evented. That WrestleMania. Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, Ronda Rousey. Here's the worst part of all this I forget she's in the match. She was one of the champions. Walking into that WrestleMania, she was the Raw Women's Champion. Charlotte was the SmackDown Women's Champion. Becky Lynch walked out with both titles. Are you kidding me? I cannot remember. Cannot remember. The last time. I, the last time I saw a good match from her. Pretty sure it was WrestleMania 34. I don't know. I don't know what you do with that, but she needs to be gone. She needs to leave. I'm not saying that she needs to be fired. I'm saying she needs to leave. Have Charlotte take the title off of her. Go up to Rhonda and say, you have been a fantastic person, a fantastic individual, but we believe you need to take some time off from the company. If you want to bring her back every once in a while, fine. Do that but a match between Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey that is three years removed, number one is going to make the card worse at WrestleMania. Number two is a storyline that was completely abandoned and never brought back into play. And number three, just as boring, and you need to have Becky Lynch have a competent opponent. I don't know what happens, but I hope to God that this new Triple H era goes ahead and realizes that we as fans do not like Becky Lynch. Or does not like Ronda Rousey. Fingers crossed. Fingers freaking crossed. And with that said, that is the episode. If you enjoyed, please make sure you like, share, subscribe, whatever. I sound like a YouTuber. Do whatever you gotta do to get this out here. Man, I am excited, stoked, pumped, whatever you wanna say to get this out here. I will say this, it has been a long time coming, it has been a very, very long freaking, you know, time since I did this, I think my last one was back in June, um, just work, man, work got crazy, it got stupid, busy, and I never had time, I never had any time, it looked like I just fell off the face of the earth, but at the end of the day, We are here, we are back, and we are going to try to do the best we can to get back in the full swing of things. However, do not plan on it. I am just going to say that right now. It is a very, very hard schedule that I got going on. So we are going to try the best we can. Until then, as always, I will see you on the other side.